So you're an attorney and you've decided to go out on your own. Now what? You need a plan and you're not alone. Join expert host Adriana Linares and her distinguished guests on New Solo. Tune into the lively conversation as they share insights and information about how to successfully run your law firm here on Legal Talk Network. Welcome to New Solo on Legal Talk Network. My name is Adriana Linares. I'm a legal technology trainer and consultant. I'm normally based in Orlando, but I've been, I spend a lot of time in New Orleans, and I'm back in the Paperless Chase Studios. Uh, Ernest Svensson is a, also a well-known former lawyer, a consultant, and he does a lot of paperless stuff. I was here not that long ago, and I had the great pleasure of interviewing Andrew Legrand, which is a, he's an attorney here in New Orleans. We had so much great information coming out of him that I've asked him to come back. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, Pleasure no. to be back here. It's really nice that you came back. Any reason um, to come hang out at these studios? I know. Well, the East Studios, there's something else. Uh, in case our listeners happen to be catching this sort of in the middle or in the second, this is one. This is two of two. Tell, uh, tell them a little bit about you. So I'm a small business attorney here in New Orleans. I graduated from Loyola University College of Law down here in the city in 2011. About halfway through, realized that uh, the job market was stinking about that part of time and started reading about uh, all the possibilities there were to start a small, a solo and small firm uh, practice. Looked around, found a lot of great blog posts, uh, including our sponsor, Solo Practice University. Found a lot of just confidence there in, in learning about being a solo and just finding the confidence to actually go do that. And, and so when I became barred in October of 2011, just started my own practice and I've been doing that since then. So the last time you were here, remind our listeners kind of what we covered. So the first time we covered text expansion and forms and basically using text. And that's something I use on such a basic level as an attorney. I'm always producing text one way or another. And sometimes it's repetitive. Sometimes a lot of times it's repetitive. Or or it needs to be in a specific format and needs to be reproduced. And then we are now going to start talking more about maybe some web automation that you do. Yeah, and some more automations that kind of help you run your law practice, help you do some of the things that in the past would have been done by a secretary or somebody or, or somebody along those lines. So replacing the support staff in your office. Tell me a little bit about, you use a practice management program. Uh, I've used Clio since pretty much since the day that I started. And what sort of automation do you do with Clio? Uh, well, I'll give one example. Clio has the snippets feature. Rather than using that, that's a position where you maybe want to think about using Brevi or Text Expander, uh, simply because it will um, work outside of just right. Clio. Your cross-platform point that you made earlier. Exactly. Sort of bring it into there. Um, so some automation that I really like in Clio is Clio integrates with another application, web-based app called Zapier. Tell us more. Z-A-P-I-E-R. Okay. Uh, and what Zapier does is it connects your apps to cross different platforms. So a lot of the issues that I always have is, well, I've got Gmail. Well, I've got GoToMeeting. Well, I've got all these web-based programs, and I'm constantly having to figure out a way to move information from one place to another without because they don't naturally talk to each other. So a tool like Zapier helps with that. And it helps with that, and it, it doesn't necessarily how. sync. But right. one example is when I create a new matter in Clio, we have a, a very long and probably the most useful zap that we have is when we open the new matter. In Clio. In Clio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zapier automatically creates a new label within Gmail. So any emails for that matter, I can quickly label and organize. 
Um, it creates, uh, we use Sana from, I use Sana personally for my task management. It creates a new project in Asana, so I have a place to put the tasks that I'm working on. And to so outline. instead of you going from Clio, going to Gmail, and going to Asana, which is what most of us do, well, I mean, I don't, but I'm just, I'm pretending to be the collective that does this. Okay, so what you're saying is this is a tool so that it prevents me from having to copy and paste a bunch of information from Clio to Gmail to Asana to whatever. Right, and not just that, but it also makes my tagging and my labels consistent. Tell us about taggings and labels. So when Clio creates a matter, it's you can set up how you want that matter to be identified. Um, some firms use two sets of numbers. It's a client number right. and then a matter number. Right, a million different ways to do that, I'm sure. Regardless of how you do it, using Zapier, my the label that Clio has is the same label that I'm able to use in Gmail. It's the same uh, project name that I have in Asana. It's the same notebook that's created so it's in consistent. Evernote. it's consistent. That's very good. It's consistent, which makes, to me, it makes it easier for my law clerk or someone else to know where to go to find that information. Because before I had this kind of automation, I was creating the Clio matter, and then I would create a Gmail label just kind of... To try to remember if it was exactly the same. To try to remember same. whatever it was, and it was never the same, right? It was never the same. Right. Um, so this not only saves me the time that you talked about, but it makes it my data is more organized because everything's tagged or labeled or whatever nomenclature that app uses uh, is consistent across the platform. And how much does Zapier cost? I think you pay about $15 a month right now. Yeah, that's the from free. So there's a free version, which I think gives you what they call up to five zaps or automations. And then it's only $15 a month. And I think it goes up to a hundred zaps. Maybe I'm not exactly sure, but I use it too. And, um, it's competitor, which I think a lot of people might be familiar with. So we should just mention it in case there's one that they know is if this, then that I just got an Amazon echo not that long ago. And do you know about those? I haven't seen that. What? Is that the thing you put in your house though? Or then you yell to it and it orders things? Well, it does way more than that, but it's Amazon's, it's a robot. Well, forget it. Long story short, I created a Zap. Aside from the business benefits, uh, one of the things that's really cool is I can tell the Amazon Echo to set the temperature in my house to 74, and it sends a message, you know, from the Amazon to the Nest. And it's amazing. So aside from it just being a very cool business tool, and I, I use it for things like when someone registers for a go-to-webinar or someone pays for an Eventbrite webinar, you know, somehow I have to register them through at a go-to-webinar. And that was something I was having my assistant do all the time. And then I created a app, and it does it automatically. So I think that's a very valuable tool. And it, they sound kind of intimidating at first, right? But if you're the type of lawyer like you are that uses a lot of these web-based programs whose entire life is on the internet, unsubscribe services that aren't going to naturally talk to each other because the companies just aren't doing that, this is a lifesaver. And I think all of the different apps and programs that are in Zapier, it's amazing. I mean, and they're adding new ones all the time. QuickBooks, oh, that's a, one that I use all the time. When we get a new client, it goes into Gmail contact and I use Google apps for business and I use Outlook and I have, a, I'm, you know, I'm like you, I've got a subscription for everything, but it was, I, it was a pain for me to remember to go create the client in QuickBooks. So then I go build a client and I go, Oh God, I got to go create the client. So now whenever there's a new contact that gets created in a folder in Gmail called goes to QuickBooks, it goes into the Gmail contact and then it gets created as a contact, as a client over in QuickBooks. So I think that's a really helpful automation tool. What else are you using? 
a few more zaps that I think are useful. The other one to note is if you're getting emails that are consistent all the time, uh, such as like an event invitation or, or something along those lines, or a notice from your the court. your web form, a notice from the court. Zapier has a built-in feature called a parser. So in Gmail, you can set up a rule that says, if I get an email from the court, uh, send it to this parser and Zapier and Zapier can parse that and now not only do you have that email but you have those little bits of information oh, the oh right, right. Name, I get the it dates. it parses the data it parses Sorry, the data I wasn't and processing. gives it to right. you in a first name last name court case number and it puts it into well it, it, Zapier being what it is it can go into any other app that you might want it to go into uh, so for example I get emails requesting appointments uh, several emails requesting appointments a week uh, and it's not it can't connect to my calendar because it's coming from a, a third party app that's scheduling these appointments and so I'm using a parser to take that and say Adrienne Linares is scheduling an appointment on Thursday at 3.30 uh, and this is her contact information and this is her email and that parser is parsing that information and putting it in my Google calendar and putting it in my CRM start time putting end it in time. places where I can use it so I get the email I acknowledge that I received it I archive it, get it out of my life, and know that in the background, my automation is basically being my assistant of actually calendaring that for me. And let's talk about your, your calendar because you automate that. So when I wanted to invite you onto the show, I texted you. I said, Andrew, hey, do you want to come on New Solo and talk about your automation? What dates do you have available? Your reply was very simple. It was a link to your calendar. Right, and that was actually a text expander snippet. Ooh, right? tell me more. A text expander snippet to link to, um, I use Doodle as my general availability calendar. Doodle is a, a very simple app. It honestly doesn't look wholly professional. It's very simple and simplistic, but that's kind of the beauty of it. It can be a scheduling app, but at the same time, it's also, as you saw, you click that link and it links to my calendar and it gives you in calendar format, when I'm busy and when I'm available. But it must be talking to Gmail calendar. It's talking to my Gmail calendars. Okay. So it knows. You when know, you have spaces. When I have spaces. And it doesn't show you, of course, what those right. actual points are. I didn't know are. you were getting a haircut. And that's why you were late today. Right. Right. I couldn't that see that thing. information. Right. <laughs> that probably wasn't on the calendar. <laughs> Just had the time to go. Okay, tell me more. Um, but it doesn't require that someone goes through the process of clicking and doing this and right. that and actually scheduling an appointment. They can do that, of course, and some people do. Uh, but what I've realized is that a lot of times people just look at the calendar and say, hey, I, I see you're free at Friday at 4.30. Right, well, I appreciate that. I, I like talking to you, and I think you know, you're my friend, and that's great. But honestly, in an occasion like that, I don't want to talk to you if you don't need to talk. It's when is he available? Click. That's the time I'm on his calendar, and it's settled. Like, we have agreed without even talking to each other that this is the time that you and I are going to meet. Yeah, and I've, I've looked for other apps that kind of do that in maybe a more uh, professional-looking setting. Um, but but Doodle is is very reasonably priced, and it's it's really effective at just showing people what the calendar is and allowing them to either just come back to you and pick a date or... Just schedule one through the app. And have you ever had a client say, oh, that app thing is really weird. It just doesn't look right. No, I don't think so. Yeah, Most I people think figure it out and they, they come back and it, it saves me the time of. Well, it saves us the time too. It saves everyone the time right. of eh, Thursday at three o'clock. No, no, I got a haircut. Like just whatever. No, here's my calendar. You figure this out. You're requesting a meeting. Uh, and I have a couple clients that I've turned on to using it too. Yeah, well, we, you know, I do a lot of work with the Florida Bar. And last year, the, the bar president, his one of his favorite 
examples of how we're automating what we were doing was that very thing. Because now with, with an organization like the bar, you have 15 people you're trying to coordinate to get on a conference call. So we started using Doodle, which there's a free version of it. So you must have the, the a, a premium version. How much do you pay? I think $40 a year. Oh, yeah, that's nothing. That's a joke. So instead of 50 emails going around trying to coordinate 15 people, and you know how lawyers are. It was, let me email my secretary. And then the secretary gets in. We said, okay, well, no more of that. Everybody goes to Doodle. So it's not only just, can I schedule with you individually, but it also has a group calendaring component. So it's very helpful. Right. It's really helpful for your fantasy football drafts when you're sure. trying to get 12 people available at the same time. Perfect example. Way better than Listing, mine. Listing, yeah, a little more exciting <laughs> than the deposition. Um, but, you know, you, you list a few, uh, the, the creator has to list a few dates and times. Right. And then people can go in there and you mark yes, no, and maybe. Right. It's like um, voting for the time. It basically is Everybody's voting for the time. Everybody's voting for the best and time. And you're able, at the end of the, when people have put in there, and I can actually add time for you. So if I send it to someone and they're not responding, I can actually call them up if I need to right. and say, okay, when are you available? And then you're able to look at that and say, well, Adriana, you're, can you work around this date? Because you're the only one that can't make you're this date. You're the only jerk that can't make this time. So either you don't go or you just make or it Or we work. figure out another right. date. Uh, I want to go back because you mentioned something that I want to make sure and ask you about. You mentioned web forms. So you must have forms somewhere on the web where is it like a contact form, contact me? Learn yeah. more about my firm kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Okay. And is that automated somehow? Uh, yeah, that's actually... Uh, of course it actually, is, because you're like the automation king. The, this summer has been a little slower for business, so I've spent a lot of time trying to trying to fix this aspect of it. Good. Um, but we have a... I mean, not good that business was slow, but I mean, good that it gave you an opportunity... To do this. Because business is about to start booming and you're ready. Right. Okay. And we want to capture this. Uh, so we have, like any other lawyer, we have the contact form on our website. The name, the phone number, the email address, and a brief description of your legal issue. What do you use for the form? Um, I don't know. Just we use WordPress for our website, oh, so a it's just it's just some sort okay. of. Because I just want to mention, in case there are listeners, uh, JotForm is good and free, and WooForms is another one, and of course Google Forms, and then all of those would be able to talk to something like Zapier or whatever to create some sort of automation. Okay, tell us how you do it. So this is the very basic, um, just some WordPress plugin that does this collects mm-hmm. this information. Um, so. The way it originally started is someone would fill that out, and I would get an email um, with their contact information and their name, and I wasn't always able to to call that person back right away. It might have been at night. It might have been on the weekend. It might have been just in a position where it wasn't able to immediately respond to them and let them know. And people want immediate response. Well, and they want to know that you got their message, that you received their message, and you'll be getting back to them as soon as you can. Um, So what we did is we set it up. uh, We arranged. I also started working with a CRM. Mm -hmm. um, What what is that? A CRIM? a CRIM. A CRIM? What is a CRIM? It's a, it's a way a of organizing. CRM is a customer relationship management. It's a way of organizing people that are coming into my law firm that are asking for services and basically keeping track of how many people are contacting us, how they're contacting us, Your who's retaining us, our sources, some data so that we can mine that. We're, we're not really mining the data. That's a whole other story. We're it's a whole nother episode. We're collecting the data. We're collecting it, and someday <laughs> we will it, mine someday it. Someday we will mine it. <laughs> so now the way this web form works is, let's say you go to my website, you fill out the web form. Which, what is your website? Uh, Spera, S-P-E-R-A, law.com. Okay, go on. Uh, we have two sites. That's our firm site. You can also go to nolasmallbizlaw.com. It's our blog where, we, where I talk about issues that small business owners face. Uh, Anyway, someone fills out a form on either one of those sites. Uh, Their information, their name, their phone number, their email address uh, goes into my CRM, so it's there. What are you using for your CRM? It's called ActiveCampaign. Okay. 
It's on the lower end of CRMs. It's reasonably priced, but it has a lot of automation features. Ooh, you love uh, it then. And it does email marketing and tracking of deals. Okay. Uh, so it creates a deal for this person so I can see where they are in the deal funnel. I don't, don't really know what a deal funnel is yet, but right. I have a basic idea. Is that kind of like cold, warm, hot? Uh, I, right now we have contacted and waiting for response. Okay. We're simple. <laughs> so we're not complicated here. That's but, good. But it's a way of keeping track of who we're waiting on a response from. That's great. So it goes into there. At the same time, we use Ruby Receptionist for our uh, receptionist services. An email gets sent out to Ruby telling them that Adriana Linares just sent a, just submitted a request for information. Here's her phone number. When you call her back, and by the way, here's a Google form. Here's a script. We worked with Ruby Receptionist basically to create a Google form script that they can go through to collect additional information from this client. Wow. So the client fills out a form. That's amazing. That's their name, their phone number, their email, a brief, a brief description. Ruby gets an email telling them to call this person. They usually call that person back within an hour or two. Yeah, they're very good. Say Adriana, and they go through our script. Uh, the main purpose of the script is to collect uh, the names of the opposing parties so we can do a conflict check before I actually talk to that person. Very good. Uh, and Ruby's also also kind of started to act as a uh, buffer. Uh, sometimes people don't answer Ruby's call and they never call back. It's like, well, okay, I, right. I'm not going to really chase you because you're, uh, you're not that Not interested. an engaged client, not so Not an why engaged bother? client, so I'm not going to bother you. So, so Ruby, so it's an example of a Google form that I created that the client never sees it. But Ruby calls them up and walks them through it. And, and this is, we worked with Ruby very closely. Do to you pay create, Ruby extra for that? Ruby offers something called an assist. Uh -huh. um, so Ruby, their general charges is they give you X amount of per minutes uh, for incoming phone calls. If you want them to make outgoing phone calls, it's called an assist, and they bill you by the minute for that. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. That's a reasonable charge, but Ruby calls the person, fills out that web form, and basically collects additional information from that person, the opposing parties, and a few other just key facts, nothing extensive. Right, just enough um, information for you. Really just to do my conflict check. Gotcha. Uh, and then at that point, it, it's that information is submitted. It, of course, gets submitted back into the CRM, so we're building their file, so to speak, uh, and then we kind of take it from there. But, again, that was started at the beginning of the summer was simply I'm getting an email that someone submitted a web form. Now it's I'm getting an email that somebody submitted a web form. Ruby's calling that person, getting more information, and I'm able to do a conflict check before I even need to call that person um, to make sure that we're okay. So when you called up Ruby and said, hey, do you do this thing, Were they did they say, yeah, we do this all the time? Uh, they said, uh, you're kind of the first person to request this, but we'd be happy to do oh it. Oh, my God, you're an innovator. You're a genius. I think so. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. They, and I think they were lying. It seems too easy. <laughs> but I love that that's working. Yeah, it's uh, it's been really effective. It's nice when I get a, a request from somebody that, you know, usually that I get copied on the email to Ruby, and usually within an hour or two, I get an email back from Ruby, and it happened just the other day. I reached out to Miss So and So, and she didn't answer the phone, so I left a voicemail, and I made a note in your system uh, for the next receptionist to answer when she calls back to enter information and go through that process. That's great. Listen, before we move on to our next segment, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsor. Ready to create and build your own solo or small firm practice? Need a nuts and bolts education on the 360 degree experience of starting a business? There is only one online destination dedicated to helping you achieve your goals. Solo Practice University, the only online educational and professional networking community dedicated to lawyers and law students who want to go into practice for themselves. 
More than 1,000 classes, 58 faculty and mentors. What are you waiting for? Check out solopracticeuniversity.com today. Welcome back to New Solo. I'm Adriana Linares. With me today is Andrew Legrand. You keep saying we, and I want you to tell us about who the we is. Sure. We. I have a partner who joined me uh, in January of 2014. And that's, so that was new because you've been a, you had been a true solo this I've whole been a time. True solo. Since 2011, when you left law school and you launched your law firm, you'd been a true solo. And now there's just two of you. So you really like two solos in a thing, or how are you guys doing that? Yeah, we're we're kind of two solos in a thing. I mean, my whole platform is I'm obviously building a, a pretty complicated platform here. Uh, and I'd what like, did the partner? Is it a male or a female? It's a he. I mean, I know that, but I'm asking for our listeners. Okay, so did he do a lot of this stuff, or did you have to bring him along and say, "Look, here's what I've been building. All this automation. It's going to be a lot easier." Or was he sort of? Of the same ilk. He had several years uh, and experience at a large firm doing the same type of work I was doing. So he had a, a better sense of the uh, actual legal side of things mm. than I did. Uh, and I wanted those reassurances. And I also just wanted somebody in there to, to help me cover for things and help me grow this thing. And really also for me, it's almost a guinea pig. Is if, if I can build these systems to accommodate him and, and figure out. Well, you out- had to because he must have had a secretary. He had a secretary and, and a receptionist and, a and receptionist office services and, and a marketing things. department if he was at a big firm. Right. So he, you know, was used to his whole world being delivered by all these outside these sources. And then here you come along and you're like, oh, well, I've got for a mere $500 a month, I can automate all that stuff and we can make some money. Right. Well, and this has been the process of going on, but my ultimate goal is to kind of build this platform where other lawyers can join under the the brand of the Sparrow Law Group and have a platform that's built for them using all this technology. And where they, they have don't have to figure to that, it out. Where they don't have to figure it out. But but at the same time, they can maybe have their solo practice. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be in New Orleans. They could be anywhere in the country, mm. uh, but just have this back end. So by adding a partner, uh, I was able to kind of have my guinea pig and figuring out, okay. <laughs> Does he know he's your guinea pig? Uh, to an extent, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> the, he's the person who tests these things out. It's actual user testing. Sure. Because a lot of times I'm doing things and, you know, I know how to do and it you and get it's easy it. for me to figure out. But And he's a smart guy. He's, he's somewhat tech savvy. I've never met a dumb lawyer. He can, can he figure this out? You know, can he mm. understand it? Uh, and, and so that's kind of my acid test of, you know, is this process hard or uh, do I need to figure out how to make this process easier? What other tools are you using? I know you've got some other tricks up your sleeve that probably make your partner's skin crawl. Yeah. Like when you mention the words Google script, does he go, what? Oh, yeah. He doesn't even know about that. That's all in the background. <laughs> that's that's all. There's a lot of things kind of under the hood that I just kind of do without without explaining to him. So what's Google scripting? Uh, so we're on Google Apps for work. Okay. Uh, we're using that for our email, for our calendar, and for our file storage. Which is a step up from free Gmail. So, Which is a step up from free Gmail, but the, the terms of service are a lot better, and I actually own my data, unlike the free Gmail. Right. It's an important um, point. Important point to make there. Okay. So one feature that we're using is uh, Clio, of course, where it links to Google Drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I create a new matter in Clio, Clio creates a folder for that client and then a subfolder for that matter within Google Drive, which is nice because now you have a subfolder to work with. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem is that you don't have any subfolders within that. Like pleadings, correspondence, memos, document processing, Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So Google Script is a uh, platform that lives within Google itself. 
and I've set up a Google script to look for new matters that are created and then automatically create those subfolders if they don't already exist. It's brilliant. So when I open up a new matter, boom. within minutes or I think it runs every hour, mm-hmm. every hour it looks to see if there's any matter folders that don't have subfolders and automatically creates them. And that's completely cloud-based. It's not dependent on any server. It's I guess it's not free. It's it sounds like part coding. Was it coding or is Google script kind of Google scripting something that's kind of a as easy as a Zapier? It's definitely coding. It's it's writing You're JavaScript. Such a nerd. Yeah. Oh my god. You're actually writing, writing JavaScript. the JavaScript yourself? Well, it's either that or pay somebody, and you know it's it's easier to, to okay. write it than to, to pay somebody and describe what we want to do. Okay. No other lawyer is really going to understand that, but there's a few. There, there's no, a few I know. out there who are coding these sorts of things. But it was so. Wh- how did you get into coding? Because you had to figure this out. It was a need that I recognized. I guess this might have been the first thing I automated. The you know the first client I get, I think this, these file folders might have been the first thing I tried to start automating. Right. You know the first client I got, I opened up a folder for them and created the folder and said, okay, now where do I store stuff? Because in the old days, before there were there was the cloud, um, you know you just created in your my documents and you had one probably called you know, folder form. And then in that folder were all the subforms and you would copy and paste it and then rename it with Right. So it's kind of what you're doing, except you're not. It's. I mean, that was the first thing I took where I created right. the, the default folder structure and I had to, you know, go in there and copy and paste every time. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to doing this, uh, especially when I'm trying to build a platform that other lawyers can use. And my partner opens up a matter, how am I supposed to know to go in there and create these file folders for him? And what happens if he doesn't do that? Right. Now it's inconsistent. Now someone else can't find the data. And does Google Script create different folders based on the different type of matter it is from Clio? Uh, no, it's not that complicated yet. Um, yet. Yeah. My that's friend. A, that's something that's not right, really listen, too far Listen, by the next time I talk needs. to you, I need you to have that figured out. What, what I have been working on uh, recently this week is, so when emails come in, we label them according to the Gmail label. We're using a program called Grexit, G-R-E-X-I-T. Not, not the Greek exit, but the Grexit. Spelled the same. Right. Um, There's a Greek exit? I don't even yeah, know Yeah, that, that old is. Eurozone. I don't know. Oh, 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 right. Spelled the same. So if you Google Grexit, a lot of times you'll find the Greek exit. So maybe you have it's to Google Grexit Gmail. Uh, but it syncs emails across our entire domain. So when I get an email from you about your file mm-hmm. and I tag it, that email will eventually pop up in my partner's all mail section. So and how we, do you get it to Clio? We don't get it into Clio simply because there's no utility for it. And there's probably uh, too, it's too much. It, it's too much and there, it doesn't add a whole lot of value. If my email is in Gmail and I have all of my emails that you've sent me mm-hmm. and I have all the emails that client and his, that Chad and his clients have sent him, I have the whole record there. Gotcha. And in Gmail, I can go to the label, I can search easier, I have all the HTML. We've, we've thought about putting them in Clio, but it just doesn't add any utility. There's okay. no search, there's no HTML. It's very basic. Cool. Uh, so we leave them in Gmail. But what I've thought about what happens if we deleted a label or did something crazy like that? You know, we have hundreds of thousands of emails and they're all labeled all nice and created this record. Well, I'm working on a Google app script to look for these emails and then save them as PDFs in the client's folder on Google Drive. Wow. And uh, within That's the what past, Grexit does for you. Uh, Grexit syncs the emails across oh, Gmail. Oh, okay, okay. So when, you, when, when Chad gets an email and labels mm-hmm. it for a client, it comes into my uh, mailbox. Got it. Uh, I don't see the email. You can... 
put a setting. I don't want that in my inbox. Right, but if you search for it, but with if the I label. search for it with the label, it's in there, and that works really well for the clients that we both work on. That's great. Uh, we're not forwarding emails. You know, it's also really useful for emails. Hey, we just got our insurance bill. You know, I tag it with FYI, and he sees this. I'm right. not forwarding, and he can respond right away. So Grexit does that. But then in the background, we want to save all those emails to PDFs. Uh, that's really useful, A, just for data retention and making sure that if the labels get deleted, we don't lose all that. Uh, it's also really useful for, we've had a few clients leave or we fired them or one reason or another, and they've asked for a copy of their file. Well, that's part of their file. And mm-hmm. so now I'm able to just take that whole client folder, and it should have all the pleadings, all the documents, and all the emails, and I'm able to give that to them right away. And how were you doing the emails? Uh, that is Google Script. Google. Oh, back to Google Script. Google Script is looking at my like email, creating. I am a script kitty. It's, I uh, love it. It's actually gotten a lot easier. Google just released. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know if it's another version of their scripting. Uh, they just they've upped their game in that department in the past few months in 2015. Yeah, and, those guys uh, aren't going anywhere. Nope, and it's gotten a lot better. And it was actually surprisingly easy to easier to write that than you might think. So it's pretty amazing all these things you've done. Quick question for you that came to my mind, and I have a feeling listeners are going to start wondering, have you ever added up how much you spend monthly on all these services? And Because we've rattled off a lot of things from we know you use Gmail, you, you use Clio, you use Zapier, you use the form tool, you've got Ruby. It's starting in my mind, I'm going cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Wow, this is you're probably spending at least five hundred dollars a month, if not six or seven, maybe even more. Probably not even five hundred. Okay, close to five hundred for Damn, around that's there. That's pretty reasonable, actually. Um, actually, maybe more than a little bit of that with Ruby. Ruby is a uh, a good chunk of that, but it's worth every penny. All right, so that doesn't sound like that much money to spend. Have you ever thought about how much you're saving by not having to maybe pay a human being to do all those things? No, not really, because I like that. By having a computer do it, it's consistent every time. It's not dependent on getting sick or picking a kid up at school or there being not a holiday. Not that there's anything wrong with those things as a human no, being. No, that's great. And there's a lot of things that we need humans to do. Um, but this is some, a lot of these things are simple moving documents, moving data from one place to another that just needs to be done consistently and properly each and every time. So I don't know how much we're saving because it's not like I had someone doing it and then I fired them and I was able to compare that. And there's there's a really funny cartoon I found that's on the XKCD oh. website uh, and it's about automation and there was a, uh, a chart about the cost of paying someone to do it and just getting it done and then the automation cost of A, figuring out how to automate it and then B, fixing it every few months when it breaks. Uh, and so, so that's kind of the buyer beware story right. behind this whole thing is that, you know, you set these things up and they work for a good while, but then you, you know, change something up in the chain and the whole thing breaks and you got to go fix it a lot. Uh, so it's definitely not something set it and forget it. It's very much a tinker, constant development, mm-hmm. constantly. So you spend a lot of time tinkering. You enjoy it. So let's it. start with one you enjoy it. And maybe not every lawyer is going to enjoy it, but one you enjoy it. But there are, I think, a lot of tips that we've given where you don't have to spend that much effort. Like just getting text snippets down, just getting some simple forms automated. You don't have to start learning how to do Google scripting. You just start with a couple of basic things and then and, and then grow from there. 
Exactly. Or just knowing that they're out there. Just you know, knowing that they're out there. If, is you, if major. you know that they're out there, you can uh, the form tool, for example, I think just recently started a uh, certification program. Yeah, they'd have. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily have to create those forms yourself, but if you have a form you've been using for for decades, you can give it to a certified consultant and have mm-hmm. them go through it and do it for you. So just knowing that it's there is powerful because that means that. You don't have to do it yourself, just but you can do it. You just need to find the right person to help you do it. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our program again with Andrew, which is terrible because uh, we learned so much from you. It's been really great. This was the second of two episodes that we decided to do together because you're so informative and helpful, and I can't believe all this stuff you've figured out. So I really want to thank you. And um, remind our listeners one more time how they can stalk you on the Internet if they'd like to do that. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure to be here and share this information and get it out there. Uh, find me on the Internet. Find me on Twitter, of course, at Law by Legrand. Uh, and you can go to my website, Spera, S-P-E-R-A, law.com or nolasmallbizlaw.com, or just Google me, Andrew Legrand, New Orleans. Um, we'll show up there. Thanks a lot, Andrew. That brings us to the end of our show. I'm Adriana Linares, and thank you again for listening. Join us next time for another great episode. And remember, you're not alone. You're New Solo. Thanks for listening to New Solo with host Adriana Linares. Tune in again to learn more about how to successfully run your new practice. Solo, here on Legal Talk Network. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice, join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the Unbillable Hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.